Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, Trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Tonight, President Biden in COVID isolation calls into an economic meeting. The White House says he's clocking eight hours at work and improving. I'm feeling much better than I sound. The president's symptoms after he completes one full day of treatment. What his doctors are saying tonight about the medicines the 79-year-old had to stop in order to fight COVID. Fallout from last night's January 6th hearing. Could former President Trump be held criminally responsible for what he didn't do during the Capitol riot? Plus, Steve Bannon guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress. How much jail time could he face? California trucker protest. Drivers shut down one of America's busiest ports. What it means for supply chain snarls. The brutal heat wave continues from the Big Apple to Arizona, a weekend of dangerous weather. Plus, American innovation, how some cities are battling the heat by changing the color of their roads. Take a look at this. A beachgoer captures the moment a small plane crashes into the ocean. And on the road, making a young boy's dream come true and inspiring others in the process. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. Tonight, the president is in COVID isolation in the White House residence, but keeping up a brisk work pace, that according to his spokesperson. Mr. Biden, 79, held a virtual meeting with his advisors to survey turbulent economic trends and still above average gas prices. He appeared in good spirits, but his voice sounded a bit hoarse. He gave reporters a thumbs up when they asked how he was feeling. The president's doctors say his symptoms have improved and he's responding well to antiviral medication. The White House continues to stress the president is well positioned to recover quickly because he's been double vaccinated and twice boosted. We have a lot of news to get to and CBS's Nancy Cordes will start us off from the White House. Nancy, good evening. Major, good evening. The White House is working very hard to convey that it is business as usual around here, even with a commander in chief now in isolation. Today, they made sure that the public had plenty of opportunities to see that he is still on the job, despite the diagnosis. Let me start by apologizing my voice. 
I'm feeling much better than I sound. Confined to the White House residence, President Biden conducted business by Zoom today. A couple coughs and a frog in his throat were the only outward signs of infection as he discussed gas prices with his top aides. We made progress, but prices are still too high. In a new letter, White House doctor Kevin O'Connor said the president's mild symptoms have improved. A 99.4 degree temperature last night came down with Tylenol and has remained normal since then. The doctor also recommended initiating low-dose aspirin as a temporary alternative to the president's normal blood thinner, which has had to be halted during the five-day course of the COVID antiviral drug Paxlovid. We think this is a relatively low-risk thing to do. White House Dr. COVID Raji coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha. How frequently is the president being examined by a physician in person? The president's doing really well, so he doesn't need an ongoing you know, exam all the time. And, uh, and obviously he's ex- getting examined at least once a day, but Dr. O'Connor is interacting with the president on a regular basis. The president interacted with dozens of people in the two days before he tested positive. Today, the White House released the results of contact tracing. The White House medical unit has identified and informed 17 people uh, determined to be close contacts of the president, including members of his senior staff. Uh, None of the staff members have tested positive to date. Those close contacts, we're told, include at least one member of Congress who was traveling with the president the day before he tested positive. All 17 individuals are now masking when around other people and social distancing as a precaution in accordance with CDC guidelines. Major. With key details from the White House tonight, Nancy Cordes, thanks so much. A federal jury has found former Trump advisor Steve Bannon guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with subpoenas from the January 6th committee. Bannon faces up to one year in prison for each count, along with a $100,000 fine. His attorney said they will appeal. Last night, the January 6th committee revealed new evidence that former President Trump watched TV as the violence unfolded at the Capitol and chose not to act. Despite pleas from top advisors, Republican lawmakers, the Pentagon, and even family members. Here is CBS's Nicole Killian. Illinois Congressman Adam Kinzinger said the evidence presented by the select committee speaks for itself. The president certainly has criminal exposure. Panel members Thursday night argued former President Trump was derelict in his duty. President Trump sat in his dining room and watched the attack on television while his senior-most staff, closest advisors, and family members begged him to do what is expected of any American president. The committee went through the 187-minute time span. And we fight. We fight like hell. From the end of then-President Trump's speech at the Ellipse to a video telling rioters to go home. We love you. You're very special. The key moment at 2.24 p.m. when he tweeted Vice President Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done, riling the mob. New Secret Service radio dispatches revealed the danger facing agents protecting Pence. They gained access to the second floor. And this from an anonymous White House security official who was monitoring communications. There were calls to... um, say goodbye to family members, so on and so forth. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley was shown running as the mob closed in, despite earlier pumping his fist to the crowd, while Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's staff fled as he and other officials urged Mr. Trump to respond. In the Commander-in-Chief, you got an assault going on on the capital of the United States of America. 
Nothing. No call. Nothing. Zero. Former White House aide Sarah Matthews and Matthew Pottinger told committee members they resigned in disgust. I simply didn't want to be associated with, uh, uh, with the events that were unfolding on the Capitol. His refusal to condemn the violence was indefensible. The day after the riot, Mr. Trump was still reluctant to concede and condemn the attack, according to outtakes from his video statement. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? The panel says its probe is far from over. Doors have opened, new subpoenas have been issued, and the dam has begun to break. The committee continues its work and in and that includes pursuing those deleted text messages that it continues to investigate. The director of the Secret Service tonight says that his agency is cooperating and has already provided thousands of documents to the panel. Major? Nicole Killian, thank you. The Biden administration today announced a $270 million weapons package for Ukraine. It includes long-range rocket systems. In another big development, a deal has been reached that will allow much-needed grain from the region to be shipped to nations on the brink of crisis. And that's why this agreement is being called, quote, a beacon of hope. CBS's Holly Williams is in Ukraine. This deal could avert a global food crisis, holding off hunger in some of the world's poorest countries. It will bring relief for developing countries on the edge of bankruptcy and the most vulnerable people on the edge of famine. Russia's naval blockade of Ukraine's Black Sea ports has trapped more than 20 million tonnes of grain, while the war has destroyed silos and crops, contributing to a spike in food prices around the world. As CBS News recently reported from South Sudan. The United Nations says 345 million people, many in Africa, are now marching to the brink of starvation. Before the invasion, Ukraine was one of the world's biggest grain exporters, the breadbasket of Europe. Russia's been accused of using hunger as a weapon of war, which Moscow denies. This deal also allows for shipments of Russian fertilizer, which are desperately needed in the developing world. And the UN says it could be fully operational within weeks. But there's zero trust between Ukraine and Russia, and many ways this agreement could still fall apart. Major. With the global implications, Holly Williams, thank you. Tonight, a labor dispute on land is taking a toll on ships at sea. The Port of Oakland, one of the nation's busiest, is becoming clogged with undelivered goods. That's bad news in the face of continued supply chain backups. CBS's Jamie Ucas has more. This is one of the 10 busiest ports in the nation. Today, it's silent, except on the outside, where truckers gathered for a fifth straight day. They've effectively shut down the Port of Oakland protesting a new California labor law that makes it harder for independent drivers to operate. I'm here to support my family because we have a bills to pay. Gladys Hernandez says she's been here every day and has no plans to leave. You don't want to turn labor union and the corporate truck drivers against you. You want them with you, right? Because they Oakland police captain Clay Birch says he understands the driver's frustration, but warns of unintended consequences. The shutdown is the latest in a long line of West Coast work stoppages that have affected the supply chain and added to inflation. Cargo here is mostly agricultural. 
It's about the greater good. It's about the consumer as well. Think about the end game here. What's not getting out? What's not getting in? We're talking about you know, perishable goods, food items, things like that. Right now, this is limited to Oakland, but there is concern the protests could spread to Southern California, where they are still recovering after massive gridlock last year. What if people stop being sympathetic to you because they start seeing the grocery prices go up? It's okay, no problem, but I have two family to support. As these containers start to stack up, the ripple effect is significant. It's not just the protesting drivers. It's also anyone working at the port to on or offload cargo. They're not getting paid. Major? Jamie Yukas, thank you. Now to the brutal and dangerous heat. Triple-digit temperatures were felt from California to New Jersey today. And the sweltering heat, well, it's not over yet. So let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel. Mike, good evening. Major, good evening. A punishing heat wave will continue right into the weekend with some very dangerous temperatures. Heat advisories through the middle of the country that extend all the way to the east coast and excessive heat warnings in the desert southwest where heat indices here could exceed 115 degrees, not to mention severe storms through the upper Midwest with tornadoes possible from the Twin Cities to Rochester threatening Madison and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then there is the heat. A lot of triple digit heat out there. 104 in Wichita and St. Louis, 109 in Phoenix as well as Las Vegas. The numbers into the Northeast, the hottest of the year so far. Many places pushing 100 degrees and will do that on Sunday. The heat, it likely is to continue right through the remainder of the month, Major. You take a look at the conditions expected through the end of July. Excessive heat in the Northwest, record-setting temperatures there as well as the Southeast. Mike Bettis, thanks so much. The current heat wave has reached nearly every corner of the world and experts warn rising temperatures are becoming more common and extreme due to climate change. In tonight's American Innovation, CBS's Ben Tracy shows us how some U.S. cities are taking to the streets to cool things down. Phoenix is trying to beat the heat by turning its black asphalt streets gray. This special sealant reflects rather than absorbs all that hot desert sun. 73 miles of the city is now covered with this. Yes. Kate Gallego is the city's mayor. She says this so-called cool pavement is 10 to 12 degrees cooler to the touch than traditional asphalt. We saw a version of it being made inside this Phoenix warehouse where it goes by the name Solar Gray. And 10 to 12 degrees cooler, that makes a big difference when you're talking about what that's doing citywide. Our residents say they can feel the difference. Climate change is cranking up the heat in the nation's hottest large city. 2020 was Phoenix's hottest summer ever, with 50 days at or above 110 degrees and a record 28 nights when the temperature never dropped below 90. We are seeing every summer higher temperatures, both during the day and less cooling overnight. Cities are warming at twice the global average because buildings and pavement absorb and trap so much heat. Phoenix, Los Angeles, and Miami have named chief heat officers to find ways to prevent the often deadly impacts of extreme heat. Here in Phoenix, the number of people who die from homicides every year is about on par with the number of people who die from heat. David Hondula heads the heat response office. In the Phoenix area, heat is now killing about 300 people a year. This is a problem that's only going to get worse, so we need to do better, we need to do more, and we need to be doing it faster. The city is creating 100 cool corridors, planting hundreds of trees whose shade can drop the ambient air temperature by about 30 to 40 degrees compared to full sun. Phoenix is also experimenting with reflective roofs and cooling sidewalks. 
we could wind up with a phoenix of the future that's cooler than the one we have today, even as global warming continues. And in a warming world, gray could be the new black. Ben Tracy, CBS News, Phoenix. Still ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News, what health officials are saying about the first monkeypox cases in the U.S. among children. And what caused a small plane to splash down in the ocean off Southern California? The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Tonight, a man charged with attempting to assault New York Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin has been released without bail. The man, armed with a sharp self-defense keychain, was wrestled to the ground at a campaign event Thursday. Congressman Zeldin was not hurt. Health officials today confirmed the first U.S. cases of monkeypox in children. The CDC, CDC says the two children, including a toddler from California, are doing well. Nearly 2,900 cases have been reported in the U.S., mostly in the gay community. The World Health Organization is considering declaring a public health emergency. A small plane splashed into the ocean today near the Huntington Beach Pier in Southern California. Video posted on social media shows the plane towing a banner as it plummets into the water close to shore. Junior lifeguards who were practicing nearby rescued the pilot who was not seriously hurt. On the road is next with a dream that takes flight thanks to the inspiration of others. On this Friday, a reminder that living your dream often inspires others to do the same. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. I chose to tell this story, mainly for an audience of one. Yes. This is my nephew, Ted. And as I first yes. reported a few months ago, Ted says at times his blindness feels insurmountable. I see. I thought like I was doomed. <laughs> that, that, that does sound a little immature, but... A woe is me kind of feeling? Yes. I really want to be like everybody else sometimes, you know. And that's why. When I heard about this drag racer attempting to set a new world speed record, I thought Ted and others like him had to meet the driver. In 2012, Dan Parker of Columbus, Georgia got in a crash. He suffered a traumatic brain injury so severe it blinded him. I never imagined I'd be back in the seat of a race car. But I've been a racer my whole life. I just had to figure out another way to do it. A machinist by trade, Dan got adaptive equipment so he could make parts. And then designed this entire race car. That just amazes me. What does he look like? <laughs> mustache and a beard? I have a mustache. You have a mustache? See? Whiskers? <laughs> I hope nobody sees them. Oh, don't worry about it. That won't be an issue. Anyway, back to our story. Dan was attempting to set the Guinness record for fastest car driven blindfolded. Of course, no blindfold was needed. But he did have a special audio guidance system and, for safety purposes, a sighted driver next to him, hands hovering over the steering wheel just in case. It wasn't necessary. Dan went 211 miles an hour, set a record, 
and more importantly, an example. Ted, I want you to know that blindness is not what is stopping you. Surround yourself with believers and go for your dreams. You can make excuses or make it happen. Dan says inspiring the Ted's of the world is the main reason he did this. And if my nephew is any indication, it was well worth the drive. If you can do that, well, then I think I could easily pursue my dream. Wait, wait what about flying a plane? <laughs> Our original story ended with that light bulb moment. And among those watching was Sydney Irish of Roosevelt, New York, who offered to give flight to Ted's dream. You ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, pull back and you're up. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm flying. For the kid who once thought he was doomed just because he couldn't see, the kind inspiration of others has clearly opened his eyes. And you are down. Steve wow. Arthur, CBS News. I can't even explain how much fun this was. It was On the road. Believers, and we'll be right back. Tonight's On the Road segment is sponsored by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Finally tonight, an unbearably cute celebration at the National Zoo here in D.C. The zoo's giant panda, Mei Zhang, turned 24 today and celebrated with a special cake of ice and diluted apple juice, bananas, apples, and pears. She also got a card that says 24 and amazing. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett in the nation's capital. Have a good night and a great and safe weekend. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.